Good evening. It is Wednesday, May 26th, and you are with Sean the Baptist on Sean the Baptist Live. Father Sean Tunick here, joining you as always live at 6.30 Central from the parish of St. Patrick in Kansas City, Kansas. For those uh, joining outside the diocese, I am Father Sean Tunick. I am a priest of the Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas, and Sean the Baptist is my brand, I suppose you'd say, for my my online ministry. So good to have the regulars joining with us. I see uh, Joyce Grasco's on with us, and Elizabeth Wonder is on. So we've got uh, some of our regulars on tonight, and um, good to good to have those people on. And I I know that. Uh, some people follow from from all around the other parishes too. So good to have the the people join in. And uh, if you were paying attention last week, a lot of people commented on the uh, the show I kind of did on the was a bit about the Holy Spirit, uh, but particularly the the sacraments of initiation, uh, baptism, confirmation, and Eucharist. And so I was I was going to talk about confirmation, and um, we did a little bit, but particularly the. Uh, the idea that the uh, the order of the sacraments of initiation should be preserved with baptism, then confirmation, and and culminating with uh, the sacrament of the Eucharist. Um, so a lot of people uh, had not uh, been familiar with that. Some people had. So um, thanks for all the feedback on on that. It was it was good to have a lot of people participating. Last night here at uh, the parish of St. Patrick, we we actually had confirmation. So the Archbishop was back for the the second confirmation here. We did the the uh, Catholic school kids a couple weeks ago, and then the school of religion kids last night. So uh, with COVID being what it is, we had too many kids to, to fit all into just one uh, ceremony, keeping everybody spaced. So we split it up a little bit and had two confirmations. So that was, uh, got to <clears throat> experience that uh, twice if you're a priest or one of the music ministers or things like that. But it does remind us of the uh, <clears throat> the importance of of confirmation, and you know, as I was saying last week, we had uh, not just the school kids, but we had I think f- four or five uh, adults who had not been confirmed, uh, who were confirmed last night. So they were baptized as Catholics, and most of them, you know, made their first communion, but for one reason or another, did not get confirmed, and so they were confirmed last night, and uh, we're rounding up more. Uh, as I, I said last week on the show, with delaying confirmation to so late in life to like eighth grade or even high school um rather than being kind of the uh the carrot that uh, supposedly keeps everybody involved uh what actually happens is that really for the first time in history most catholics are never fully initiated most catholics these days don't get confirmed that's been the actual fruit of delaying confirmation till high school most catholics don't get confirmed and so we're we're trying to pick up the pieces and find the uh, adults, and uh, it's amazing to to think about that. To, how could someone receive the Eucharist without being actually fully initiated as a, a Catholic? So last night it was as I was giving out communion, distributing uh, the body of our Lord to those who had just been confirmed. Uh, as great as it was to receive the sacrament of confirmation, it really hit me while I was distributing the Eucharist that. Uh, as they received the Eucharist last night, that was actually the completion of their Christian initiation, um, as as it should be. the The reception of the Eucharist after having been baptized and confirmed that's that's really the culmination. So it's uh, it was a little bit like giving out First Communion last night because to receive the Eucharist uh, as a fully baptized and confirmed Catholic is well, it's just different. You're you're not fully initiated when you receive First Communion as we do it now before confirmation. So I actually, as I was giving communion to the kids, was aware that this is the moment that actually uh, completes their Christian initiation. When they receive the Eucharist for the first time after having received the other two sacraments of initiation. Uh, kind of in a tangential, related sort of way, reminded me of uh, the role, really, of consummation in marriage. Like, you can ex- exchange your, your vows at the altar, uh, and the sacrament of, of matrimony really does take place, but it doesn't receive that that special firmness, as we would say, or in, in the indissol- the intrinsic indissolubility 
between the baptized until consummation. And it was a little bit like that giving out communion last night to those who had just been confirmed. It was really the reception of the Eucharist that finally completed their their Christian initiation now that they had finally been confirmed all these years later since we delay it now. But uh, anyway, good to have uh, Lisa Moore on. Good to have her back. And uh, we see that the, the usuals are kind of showing up now. Um, so I do want to talk uh, a little bit more about the, the Holy Spirit tonight. And let's just uh, say that uh, one of the things to point out uh, right away now is uh, something I mentioned just kind of in passing last week, that, that we are within the octave of Pentecost, or at least in the traditional calendar. As I said last time, I've, I've mentioned there's the traditional calendar that the, the church followed for 1,500 years, basically exclusively, and is still used today in what is known as the extraordinary form of the Roman Rite, so sometimes called the traditional Latin Mass, or TLM. Uh, the calendar remains the same there, as was in place in 1962, so uh, that uh, that uh, calendar remains in force for the extraordinary form, and so it is the, the octave of Pentecost, and so much like uh, I, I did a couple days ago on the morning message, uh, it was, uh, well, it was yesterday's morning message, actually, <laughs> make Pentecost an octave again, uh, because in the traditional calendar, Pentecost uh, got... Uh, an octave, meaning we extend the celebration for eight days. And just like today, we still have Easter and Christmas get an octave. Used to be a whole bunch more, more than a dozen octaves. Uh, Pius X got rid of a lot of those. And then finally, in 1969, uh, the Concilium, the people reinventing the Mass, got rid of the octave of Pentecost for a reason that nobody exactly knows. But... uh, so it is that big a deal, as I said in the morning message yesterday. Pentecost is that big a deal. Uh, Easter, Christmas, and Pentecost. Uh, so today is Wednesday within the octave of Pentecost, if you follow the traditional calendar and go to the extraordinary form. Or it is just an ordinary time day uh, in the uh, the modern calendar. So I'm celebrating the octave of Pentecost, and actually in the uh, in the modern calendar... One of the, the options on days when there's not a, a feast, uh, so not just memorials, but an actual feast, uh, you have the option of doing a, what's called a votive mass. So a mass in honor of a certain, well, person or, or theme. And so during the, uh, the week after Pentecost, I always, during the weekdays, celebrate a votive mass of the Holy Spirit and try to make it the octave of Pentecost as, as best I can. Uh, so that's my... Uh, Compromise. When I celebrate the extraordinary form, you know, I follow that missile, and it, it is the octave of Pentecost. And if I celebrate the Novus Ordo, according to the modern books, I do a vote of Mass of the Holy Spirit, so it can still sort of be the octave of Pentecost. So uh, we're going to continue celebrating the Holy Spirit here at Sean the Baptist, so um, that's the end of that anyway. Uh, Mark Gilstrap, one of the regulars on, he asked, do we light the Easter candle every day? Um, interesting bit of uh, trivia there. So in the modern calendar, uh, the season of Easter ends with Pentecost. And so, no, after the celebration of Pentecost, uh, we're told that the, the Paschal candle, the Easter candle, which was blessed at the, uh, the vigil of, of Easter 50 days ago, uh, it's put away near the, the baptistry, near the baptismal font. Uh, and, and so uh, that is uh, the case here. Uh, however, you might be asking, then, well, perhaps because the octave of Pentecost continues uh, in the extraordinary form, do you light the Easter candle? And the, ap- the, a- the answer is actually no. And and for that, see my uh, Sean the Baptist live on the Ascension several weeks ago, because in the extraordinary form, traditional Latin Mass, the Paschal candle is actually extinguished during the celebration of the Mass of the Ascension, right after the Gospel where it indicates that, you know, Jesus ascended into heaven and was taken from their sight. It's after that gospel, right in the middle of Mass, that the Paschal candle is extinguished, because it, it represents the, the presence of the risen Lord on, on earth. And, and so after 40 days, he ascended to heaven, was no longer with us, so the Paschal candle is extinguished then, and it doesn't, it doesn't burn even in the nine days between Ascension and Pentecost, and, and certainly not during the, the octave of Pentecost. So there's the answer to your question, Mark. Thanks for asking, and 
If uh, any of you do have questions, that is the benefit of doing a live show. Uh, I could just record this and upload it, people. So it's live, which means you get to participate. Uh, you want to talk about something else tonight? You ask the questions and, well, we'll just go there. So uh, thanks, Mark, for your question there. Um, so that's a, that's a little opener on the, uh, the Holy Spirit there. And uh, encourage you to continue to celebrate the Holy Spirit because, uh, boy, do we need it right now to direct our hearts and minds. We often speak of the Holy Spirit as enlightening. Uh, without the presence of God, we are in darkness, as it were. And so we're grateful for the Holy Spirit who enlightens us. Now, uh, with the Holy Spirit out of the way there, I guess you'd say, <clears throat> I, I did uh, I gave the title of this uh, episode tonight, uh, Back in the Pack. And uh, it's a little little play on backpacking, uh, because if you saw my morning message from Monday, May 24th, um, I went backpacking. Yeah. Um, it was, well, it was my first time backpacking, I realized, um, since right before I was ordained. So 13 years ago, I uh, went uh, backpacking with a couple seminary classmates, uh, Father Nick Blaha, uh, who is a priest of the Archdiocese of Kansas City, and uh, Father Chris Forler, who's a priest of the Diocese of Evansville, Indiana, and uh, I think maybe one other classmate, but at least the three of us went. And uh, we had a great time. We went up uh, backpacking north of the seminary there in Chicago, up in uh, Wisconsin, to the Kettle Moraine State Park, where glaciers went through and left kettles and moraines. And so it was a beautiful time, but I realized um, that was the last time that I, I had my, my tent out of the bag. Now, I've, you know, done most of my camping then at uh, summer camp or Philmont, and uh, for that, I, I got a cabin. So I I did stay in a tent at Philmont in 2008 uh, when I went to the Philmont Training Center. So that was the, the last time I actually slept in a tent. That's a long time for a, a scout. And it's like, I, I've been outside. It's just I've been in a chaplain's cabin normally. So uh, this was this was good. Uh, so I, I uh, you know, because I, I lost all this weight and had surgery and things, um, starting to feel a little more inspired to get outdoors again and uh, exercise. And one of the things I realized I want to do is like, I just, I miss getting out camping and getting outdoors. And so I, I started updating uh, some of my backpacking equipment, my sleep system, my ground pad, and I got my stove, and it got to be um, Sunday evening. So Sunday, this last Sunday, the 23rd, after uh, Pentecost, and realized I, I had most of the gear that I needed to go out camping, and I had researched a little bit about uh, where to go, and some of the, uh, the people at REI, the outdoor store, said they go to Clinton Lake sometimes in Lawrence, and I was familiar with that, but not familiar with uh, a primitive area there. So there is a, uh, well, I guess it's a, it's a four-mile loop trail out into the woods from a parking area that uh, there are primitive campsites where if you want to camp there, you're going to have to, you're going to have to backpack. And uh, so I had kind of been eyeing that as a potential spot, and so Sunday night I just... Uh, well, I, I was doing one of those things where sometimes I do where I have so many options of things I want to do that I just can't decide on one and I ended up like just staying put and watching, you know, a show or something. I uh, I was out and about, I had dinner and, I, you know, Cabela's was open here and I said, you know, I, I need a few more things. I need a, I need a pillow and I need some, some backpacking food, like the dehydrated stuff, um, you know, if they if if they had that, I said, then then maybe I'll just go out camp tonight. So I went, and they had my stuff, so I knew I had everything I need. I came back to the rectory, shoved everything into my pack that I knew I need, and uh, first time I had my backpack full too since 13 years ago, and I just headed for Lawrence. And I'm realizing it's a little late for this because it's like 7:30 at this point, and it took me longer to get out there. And I thought it, so I I got out to Clinton Lake about 8:30. <laughs> And it's, you know, the sun had set, so it's getting dark. But I thought, well, there's enough light. I can I can hike and I'll, you know, I, I wasn't planning on going far until I would get to a campsite. But 
turns out if if you're in Kansas City, you you know that it like rained for two weeks straight. So the the trail out there was just a disaster. Sloppy, muddy mess, like standing water in the trail and just all mud. And um I'm like, okay. I got my waterproof shoes on. So I'm I'm all right. And they they held up well. Uh, but you know, I got past the campsite. I'm like, okay, that's not a good one. And I wanted to get out to the lake. I ended up I ended up hiking for probably about an hour. Uh, and a lot of that is in the dark through the forest. Uh, finally pulled out a flashlight and um, not quite what I planned, but I'm like, I'm not turning back at this point. I'm keeping going. And so I, I was hoping I wouldn't fall on my butt because it was slick where it wasn't solid mud. It was rocks that are wet. And um, yeah, so it was not the most pleasant hiking experience that night. I just wanted to get to a campsite where I could set up and go. And and finally, I, I got to one actually that I I think I'd seen in a, a review video and it was near the lake. And so I could see the the, the water. And so I, I set up my camp and it was, it was like 10 o'clock at that point. So it's too late to start a campfire, but I did get my tent up and <clears throat> I was, I was really kind of proud of myself that I had made it out there. There was a sense after I got everything set up that uh, I even brought my little camping chair out that I had gotten recently. REI's got a sale on. Like, REI, Cabela's, and Shields, all the outdoor stores are doing, like, major outdoor stuff sales right now because, like, everyone's, well, it's spring and summer's coming and COVID's done, kind of, so everyone's buying stuff. So I, I got my little camp chair out. I sat down. I pulled up my journal, and I remember just writing, I did it. <laughs> I'm here. I'm camping. I backpacked, and uh, I'm set up really for the the first time in a, a long time. And, um, you know, my uh, my friend, who's a priest friend of mine, was, you know, I was getting all this gear. He's like, now make sure that you're not just like falling in love with like getting gear and not living in the real. Uh, I said, no, no, I'm actually going to do it. I'm actually going to go. And I, I'd been trying to call friends like, you know, Father Nick Blaha that I'd went with before, and he's a good backpacker. He was busy. Everyone's busy. So I just, I was proud of myself because I just did it. Went out by myself. And sometimes that's what you got to do. I mean, it, it's nice when we've got people to go with, but um, there are times where it's just okay to be alone. And we, you know, Jesus was able to do both. Uh, I think of all the time he he spent with the apostles, and I guess kind of a big backpacking sort of voyage. I I like it in the uh, the the TV series The Chosen that I've mentioned here before. They're into season two now, episode five, and uh, you know, you kind of wonder what it would have been like for Jesus and the apostles just to be like, you know, out walking around everywhere. I mean, how did they do it? And so Jesus and the the show has got this little backpack on. And, you know, it's like what would be appropriate for like first century uh, Jerusalem, I suppose, sort of uh, backpack. Uh, but yeah, Jesus is out there backpacking. And um, we know in the scriptures that there are times when it says that Jesus went off by himself to, uh, to pray. And um, there's times when we need some alone time. Now, I I would have preferred to have Father Nick with me, honestly, uh, for old time's sake, and I'm sure we'll we'll get out there together. And, you know, I texted him while I was out there. But it ended up being kind of nice that I was just out by myself. Um, so it was a Sunday night into a Monday. So obviously, uh, I could tell that the trail had gotten beaten up by, by people who were obviously trying to hike it over the weekend and just tore the thing up. Uh, but I was the only one out there. Other, there was like one group of college kids uh, that were were also out there, but I was way far away from them. Um, and so there I am sitting in my chair, and I'm I got my my flashlights on my head uh, so I can do stuff and not have to hold it. And so I'm I'm writing in my journal, which I I need to journal more too, like to get my thoughts down. But there I am, you know. It's uh, I realized when was the last time I camped by myself. When was the last time I was just out in the woods overnight, you know, like by myself? I, For those in uh, Scouts, I uh, I think of my my time uh, becoming a Brave or the Trevor McKissay, but even then, you know, you're not by yourself. Or my uh, ordeal to become a member of the Order of the Arrow back in 1990. Uh, so, yeah, 21, 21 years ago. I mean, no, 31 years ago. Good heavens. 31 years ago. Uh, might have been the last time that I was out completely by myself. And even then, you're not by yourself. So this was really my first time just um, 
backpacking off all on my own. Um, those who follow like Catholic Answers, like Carl Keating, the founder of Catholic Answers, who I always admire, he goes backpacking solo all the time. Like that's his thing, solo backpacking. And that that's actually a whole thing. I mean, you can like Google it and uh, there are lots of people who actually do solo backpacking. And it, you know, it does have its advantages as to how much gear you got to bring and things like that. But first time I ever did it. And um, so, you know, I, after I got my tent set up and I got my journal done and everything, um, I, you know, I went to, I t tried to go to sleep. Here, here's the deal though. So I like, I like it when I'm out and there's like, I like it when it's raining actually kind of overnight or there's at least like wind or something. It was so still Sunday night. It had been raining and raining and storms and storms. And now all of a sudden it's just like dead calm. And so here's the problem uh, with that. Um, when you're camped out like alone in the, the middle of the woods and there's just no breeze. Well, well, number one, it, it was actually a little hot because uh, it was just so humid. I mean, the temperature was, you know, in the 70s, but so humid. But here was here was the real problem that kind of interfered with with sleep. When when there is just nothing moving, okay, every little sound in the forest, I I swear, like a squirrel stepping on a stick might as well sound like a an elk is about ready to charge through my camp. Uh, you know, it's like John Denver. You fill up my senses. You know that one, like like a night in a forest. Yeah, because you just you just hear everything when there's just nothing moving so it was a little distracting for me because i normally sleep with a fan and um i pressed into it my pillow that i got mm, wasn't quite as comfortable as i hoped so i'm gonna get a different pillow i think but um my my tent uh is the model of it is um it's called room with a view because my, my tent is about 15 years old gosh at least yeah 15 16 years old but it's got a skylight in it. So I, I can, right above my, my head is all clear plastic open. And uh, so right as I was waking up in the morning, uh, the, the, the rain started to come. And for those of you that know camping, especially uh, if you're going to backpack, um, wet tent is, is an issue. So my thought was, all right, it's 6 a.m., it's it's going to rain. Uh, do I just get out of my tent as quick as possible and and throw it into my pack while it's still dry and just, like, you know, eat my breakfast in the rain with my rain gear on or something? Or do I just stay and let it rain? And so I looked at my phone, I'm like, eh, it's going to rain for probably about an hour, and then it might let up. So I just decided, you know what? It's my anniversary. I'm backpacking for the first time in over a decade I'm just going to stay put. And so I just laid in my tent and the rain came and I watched it on my, my skylight. And I just, I just love the sound of rain on my tent while I'm in it. I love that. Um, even a, even a thunderstorm I can take when I know my, my tent is nice and sturdy. So it's a little heavier than most backpacking tents, but I knew it was waterproof because uh, I've been out in rainstorms in it before. And so I wasn't too worried and I loved it. Just, I'm out in the forest, it's raining, and it's just, I'm in heaven. It was great. I just laid on my back and looked at the trees and the skylight and the rain. And uh, then when the, the break in the rain came, it was time to get up. And uh, I saw that the rain actually was going to let up. And so I, I cooked my breakfast. And for those uh, that are backpacking familiar, uh, one of the typical kind of food that you do is like dehydrated stuff. Um, so things have gotten really technical. So I, I actually actually made uh bacon and eggs in a bag uh you, you take a little backpacking stove super light basically you boil water and, and dump it in a special bag and let it cook made my coffee instant coffee is not great my my stove has a little uh, ability to uh, use a french press uh kind of uh, special attachment to it so i might look into that uh because i like my coffee and uh, the instant coffee that i got from cabela's Gonna have to give that negative ratings. Not good. But you know, when you're out in the forest, just having something hot in the morning after a nice rain is is pretty good. Uh so I did that and um I I super uh enjoyed that. And it's it's kind of getting me in the mood for uh for Philmont, 
the Film Out Scout Ranch in New Mexico, where I will be next week. I will be here Wednesday, so I will do one final Sean the Baptist live show from the home studio here. And then on Thursday evening, I, I head for uh, Albuquerque. And then on Friday, the drive, three, about three-hour drive north of Albuquerque to Philmont. And so next week, I'm going to try to devote the show to a little bit of Philmont preview uh, to give you some idea of what I'm talking about uh, when I'm talking about Philmont Scout Ranch. Um, so that'll be a special edition of Sean the Baptist Live next week. And then I've, I've mentioned before, you really want to make sure you follow the Sean the Baptist account, particularly those of you like Joyce, that if you're watching on the, the St. Patrick page, go over to the Sean the Baptist page and make sure you click follow. Uh, because while I'm at Philmont, I do still plan to do videos and, and post things to the, the Sean the Baptist page. Um, you know, obviously internet out in the, the mountains is a little more sketchy, but I, I do plan to, to post videos and maybe even go live uh, if if things are are uh, up to that. Uh, but um, you got to follow me so you know when I do it because it might not it might not be every week at six thirty. Uh, this will be one, two, three, four, five. This will be my sixth sixth summer going to Philmont. Uh, so I'm looking forward to to that. It's where the Great Plains meet the Rocky Mountains. It's where I first backpacked and and got into backpacking which is a lot true for a lot of scouts um so i invite you to make sure you follow uh the sean the baptist page so you can get those updates but meanwhile back at my camp uh so i'm enjoying my morning uh i i shot a little a little video out there uh in fact while i'm talking i'll i'll see if i can even uh pull up my if if you've been to the the Sean the Baptist page, you've you've uh, seen my video, but I will see if I can just show it here to you. Um, all right, so if that's my video, it's a special all morning. Right, message. I'm gonna see if I can see if I can make this work for you, uh, so that you can. I'm gonna see if I can share. This window, this is this is on the fly. So let's see what I can do here uh, to make this work. This is some some engineering. I'm going to I pull the window and add it. No, hold on. I'm doing some some technical engineering here. Uh, I will add. I will add a source. How about that? What if I add a new scene and I add, sorry folks, hold on with me, hold on, uh, window. I'm gonna capture a new window and there we go. Yeah, how about that? That sounds good. I will capture that window, automatic. There's my scene. Oh, you're gonna like this folks. I'm, I'm getting the video ready. Uh, Let's see, almost there, transform, fit, fit the screen, there it is, all right, I'm fitting it to the screen, um, now I think I have to resize it, yeah, there I'm going to resize it, oh, you're going to like this, guys, stay put, it's coming, I almost got it, yep, yep, all right, one more click. There we go. All right, you got that? You ready for this? Um, I think I can make this work. Well, good morning, everyone. It's a special morning message edition today. It's my anniversary. 13 years ago today, I was laid hands on by Archbishop Nauman, and well, when the whole thing was over, I became a priest. So. What better way to uh, wake up on your anniversary than a, a little gentle morning rain out in the old campsite. So uh, here you can see I got myself set up out here. Got a nice lake, got my breakfast there, got my, got my eggs in a bag, my coffee, a nice campsite, a beautiful lake out this morning. Mm, yeah, this is how you do it, folks. 
It's nice when you're a priest and you have Monday as your day off because everyone else was out here yesterday and went home and I moved in and I got the place to myself, which is how I like it. I get to wake up this morning and nice gentle rain on the tent. Thought it was gonna rain more, so I got myself all packed up, but then the rain moved off the forecast. So here I am out sitting in a little morning sun with a nice breeze, drinking my coffee out in God's country. Not too bad. Happy anniversary to me. And uh, happy morning message to you all. Prayers and God bless you. All right, so there you go. That was some amazing footage of me live in the woods. So that was my, yeah, so I said it was my anniversary. Uh, so thanks for all the people who, by the way, sent messages in. So I know I'm kind of shooting from the, the hip tonight, I suppose, guys. So Thanks for those uh, hanging in there tonight. Um, let me check questions. Uh, Kathy wants to know if I'm going to Alaska. So um, uh, I will often serve as a, a chaplain on a cruise ship to Alaska during the, the summers. Talk about loving nature. Boy, that's that's really it out there at Alaska. I do love that. Uh, but as you, I suppose, might be aware, uh, COVID has really messed things up. And so uh, there aren't cruise ships going up to Alaska. Uh, and so, no, I will sadly not be going to Alaska this summer, uh, but I am using the time to spend more time at Philmont. So I'm going to have four full weeks at Philmont, um, which is kind of important for the rotations of things they do in there. So, no, I will not get to Alaska this summer, but, but hopefully next summer uh, things will be back up as, as normal. Uh, thanks for the safe travels. Wishes, Patricia, Mark, Diane. Yes, Philmont is a cool place. Um, Trudy wants Philmont photos. Yes, so there will be lots of Philmont photos. In fact, um, I they they have each year a photo contest for everyone who goes to to Philmont, and uh, I have in fact, well, the last two years. Uh, won several categories, had been featured on the, the annual Philmont calendar that the Staff Association uh, prints out. And so I um, I will actually not be backpacking while I'm at Philmont. That's for the participants. I mean, I might have my day pack and I'll end up going somewhere. But as far as like, I, I'm not doing like the, uh, you know, 12-day trek like the participants do. When I go into the backcountry, I go in a Suburban a four-wheel drive suburban, and these are these are some rough roads. Um, so, you, yeah, part of my job as a chaplain is to practice driving. That's what I'll do when I get first out there is go practice driving, uh, make sure I can get where I'm going. But I drive uh, where I'm I'm going out there, but that means no problem taking my my big camera with me. So most of the time, my my camera is riding right in the center console next to me, and uh, so I get. Tons of pictures, and uh, I will certainly be sharing those as as I go, and and shooting some some videos on the spot while I'm out there. So, uh, thanks for the suggestion there, Trudy, and good to see Kathy Brennan on here too from Topeka. Um, so, meanwhile, back at my back at my camp, uh, as you saw from the video there, I had my my little setup. It is uh, it's on the western side of Clinton Lake, so there's a little primitive wood Woodbridge primitive park it's called and so it's only tent camping and to get to most all the to get to any of the campsites on the lake you know you have to pack out about you know two miles or so um so i finished i got all cleaned up did some praying and and then it came time i it's a four mile loop and so i hiked the rest of the loop in and again in the morning it, man i got a workout because it was about two and a half miles back in to finish the loop and it was a slog. It was a muddy mess. Maybe not quite as bad as the first part of the night before uh, because it went up a little bit higher, but still a mess. Um, so the hiking part of it was not as much fun. But again, it, it was a sense of accomplishment that sometimes you just got to go challenge yourself and do things. And that's that's kind of what I like about the Scouts. Uh, it's it's not safe. It, I mean, it is. We have the Guide to Safe Scouting and we... Uh, we keep everybody safe, but it, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be challenged and you, it doesn't mean you're not going to fail. Uh, I did not want to fail on my first backpacking trek in, you know, over a decade. Uh, so I did not fail. 
Uh, I did not quit. There was a time when I got up, I wasn't sure I was going to cook breakfast because I'm like, oh, it's just going to rain. So maybe I better get going. But then it looked like the rain was going to hold off. So I'm like, nope, I am. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and make my breakfast. And I did and uh, got got all done and made it back. And so I'm darn proud of myself, if I do say so. Uh, my first solo backpack trek. I, I haven't camped by myself in so long. And, you know, since the time I camped out by myself in my backyard when I was a Weeblo scout and like 10 years old. Uh, so there's that memory as well. Uh, my mom remembers that because I cooked eggs on our barbecue grill. And it, well, I remain to this day not a chef. Uh, but I, I I did pretty good with my, my backpacking cooking this time. So... Uh, so I made it back in, and I celebrated my anniversary with my good friend Terry. We went out to lunch and did a little bit better than dehydrated for lunch. We did some barbecue, so uh, that was great. Uh, came back and had a good celebration the rest of the day. So thanks for your uh, interest in that. I promised some uh, stories about the backpacking. Um, next week will be the the last scheduled live one for a while, and and so I'm I'm open to what you would like to to talk about there. And I'm also looking for suggestions as to format. Right now, it's it's been reduced to kind of me talking for an hour. And uh, as you can see, I can do that. Uh, but at some point, it becomes maybe not as interesting. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to work to get some more guests on um, and that sort of thing. But if there's anything you'd like to see format, different time uh, when I start back up, um, let me know. And I, I'm happy to kind of try to adjust. One of the things our school of religion is this same time on on Wednesdays, and that's how I initially started. It's something for parents to do. Uh, but I'd like to be involved more with the school of religion, so I don't know if we'll keep it 6:30 Wednesdays. But at any rate, let me know your thoughts about uh, format and, and timing and uh, such things as that. Okay, so if you got any more questions about scouting or, or Philmont, feel free to post those. Uh, if not, I'm gonna. I'm going to do a full show on uh, Philmont and and maybe a little bit just scouting in in general next week. So uh, one of our regulars, uh, Eddie, is not on because I believe he is probably at Philmont right now. I think he's on the staff. Uh, so I'll probably see him down there. I think he's at Head of Dean. So I'll check that out. So that the staff at Philmont is, is already uh, arriving down there. They're doing training all this week. I can't get out there until next week. Uh, so I will be there right before the uh, participants get there and looking forward to that. So next Wednesday, we will do a show on Philmont and scouting and things like that. Um, all right. So for maybe just a little bit tonight before we, we sign off, uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, particularly, I, I talked last time a lot about the, the sacraments and the role of the Holy Spirit in the, the sacraments of baptism, confirmation, and and Eucharist. And uh, so see last week's show for the, the sacramental theology side. Uh, tonight, I'd like to talk a little bit about um, the the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the the uh, the sevenfold uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit that we often get from the Book of the Prophet of Isaiah: wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, piety, fear of the Lord, reverence. Those things, uh, and then there's the the fruits of the Spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, humility, self control. I don't know. Did I get all nine of those? I don't know. Anyway. Um, so yeah, there are gifts of the Holy Spirit. In fact, during the rite of confirmation, uh, the the bishop actually extends hands over the people uh, to be confirmed and prays for the coming of the, the Holy Spirit with his sevenfold gift. Uh, so anytime you hear the sevenfold gift of the Holy Spirit, it refers to those seven gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, in the book of the prophet Isaiah. And then there's also these nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. So the difference between, I guess, the, the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, if you ever wondered. So if the Holy Spirit comes, which he, he does at our, our baptism and strengthened in our confirmation, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes, he, he comes with the, the gifts, wisdom, knowledge, those things. Uh, wisdom, knowledge, counsel, piety, reverence, fear of the Lord, self Anyway, I'm forgetting my, my seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Man, this is what happens when you get older. My my knowledge is failing. Come Holy Spirit with your gift of knowledge uh, that I can remember the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. But anyway, uh, 
Wisdom, knowledge, counsel, piety, understanding. That's what I forgot. Understanding and uh, fear of the Lord. Thanks, Diane. Uh, now I, I remember my my acronym. I'm like, I'm missing one. What is it? It's understanding. Um, now I get it. <sighs> Infusion of the Holy Spirit. I understand. Uh, so thanks for uh, Diane Linder for helping me there. Um, yeah, so when you get the Holy Spirit, you, you get these things. And so we can actually we can actually call upon the Holy Spirit to help us in those ways. Like, you're, maybe you're, you're reading the scriptures, for instance, and you're like, I don't get this stuff. I just don't understand it. Come, Holy Spirit. Come with your gift of understanding. Help me to understand this. Uh, you can pray that way because you've got the Spirit of God dwelling in you. It's power. It's a power that you get in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Or, you know, maybe you don't quite know what to do. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. I, I, I've got the knowledge. Thanks for that, Holy Spirit. I've got a bit of understanding. Thanks for that. But I don't quite know which is the best thing to do and what to choose. Holy Spirit, come with your gift of wisdom. And wisdom is the first one. So it's, it's uh, one of the most significant gifts of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom. This is the, the great gift that uh, King Solomon famously praised for in the Old Testament. God says, you can have whatever you want. What does Solomon say he wants? I want wisdom so that I can govern your people well. Good job, Solomon. That was the right thing to ask for. Now, of course, later he goes on to have like 700 wives and his splits the kingdom and his sons rebel and everyone goes into exile. That's a sad story. But Solomon started pretty well, praying for wisdom. And uh, so we too uh, should do that. And um, the power of the Holy Spirit that you're given at your baptism, you can call upon for these, these different uh, gifts, counsel, knowing yeah, what is, what is the right thing to do at the, the right time? And even the, the gift of counsel to be able to counsel others. Um, you know, that's one of the things in, in Boy Scouts that we, we look for in uh, one of the uh, honor societies that I am, the tribe of Mikasei. We look for uh, people to be on the tribal council to help counsel young uh, men and now women uh, becoming uh, braves and warriors, and they need counsel. And so how many times... Does a friend come to you and they're like, I, I don't know what to do. What do you think? Well, instead of just thinking off the top of your head and using your own, maybe pray to the Holy Spirit, like Holy Spirit, come with your gift of, of counsel, wisdom. I need that right now. Help me to help my friend. What should I say? What do they need? Um, true story. I was, uh, this is a, an example of, of, of way that I use the, the, the Holy Spirit. And of course, as a, as a priest, uh, we can talk about that, but the Holy Spirit is again called upon to give you the, the character of the priesthood. But um, whenever I am, people often know that I do like apologetics things, and I, I'm, I, I like explaining the faith. I like uh, teaching people uh, about the faith. And so often there are people who make, um, you know, arguments uh, against the faith. Like you, you Catholics, you worship Mary. Okay, we, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago on the show and how, no, that's not true. And uh, But yeah, to give an explanation, that's what the word uh, apology actually means in, in the, uh, the Greek. Apologia means, um, means uh, from the words, from the logic, to, to give a logical explanation, basically, for why this is true or why you believe that. So, so I, I often do that because I, well, I got a pretty big brain and it stores a lot of stuff and seem to be able to explain things somehow in a way that people can understand. So that that's a gift of the, the Holy Spirit. Um, so here's a, here's a story I haven't shared before on the, the, the show that people might like. Um, when I was studying candid law in, in DC, uh, I remember I, I'd gone down to see a movie. I saw like, I'm like middle of downtown DC. I take the Metro down the subway and uh, I'm like down in Chinatown at the, the movie theater there. And I'm, I'm done and one of the things about Chinatown uh, Metro Stop in D.C., there's normally always somebody on a street corner. Uh, often there's these, like, black African, think they're Jewish people who are yelling at everybody, and they're weird. Uh, but this night, um, they weren't there, but there was a, a Protestant uh, pastor uh, on the street corner in Chinatown, and he's got his little... Uh, henchmen, I guess, around him with their video cameras. So he's he's clearly doing some kind of video of, oh, look at me. I'm I'm out here on a street corner in DC and I'm preaching the gospel. And um 
I'm of course dressed like I'm dressed as a priest, like I always do, and I you know never know when you're going to get a chance to talk about Jesus, so it's nice to dress as a priest. And I'm walking up, and all I know is like right as I'm getting up to that corner, I wasn't planning on stopping, but I hear, and if you believe the Catholic Church, you're all going to hell. And I'm like, oh boy. So I there I was, and so I just walked up, and I stuck out my hand, and I said, hey. Hi, I'm Father Sean. I don't think Jesus would like you bashing his church like that. He's like, well, uh, well you, you, the Catholic Church isn't the church of Jesus. And then he he was, clearly had some of his lines memorized. So he had, you know, the, the things from the catechism he wanted to quote me and some councils. And, you know, so here's where the Holy Spirit gift comes in. Because like, okay, I'm, I'm answering his questions and his camera people are all, they're like, oh, he's going to he's gonna embarrass a priest by knowing more. I'm like, uh, picked a fight with the wrong person that night because I know a thing or two. Um, and so, you know, he's proposing all these things. And so I'm answering his questions. But the whole time, I am praying to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, show me what the real issue is. Because anytime I, I run into anybody, Catholic or not, who is just got their, you know, a bee in their bonnet uh, about some kind of Catholic teaching that they're just mad about, no one's mad about Catholic teaching. They're always mad about some personal hurt that happened to them. And they hate God because, you know, something bad happened in their life. They hate the Catholic Church because of something. And so the fact that we supposedly worship Mary or statues or, you know, pray to dead people that can't hear us. Like, these are all just things people throw out because they've really been hurt. So I am praying the whole time. All right, come Holy Spirit. Show me what is really hurting this guy. And it's interesting, his name was Sean, actually. Uh, so I'm like, okay, God, you know it. And so I'm just like using the, the argument stuff just to, just to keep him engaged. I'm like, all right, Pope, whatever was a heretic in this century. All right, here's the answer to that. And, you know, the catechism, this and the catechism that, and I'm like, I'm just back and forth and back and forth. And we go on, you know, he finally tells his cameraman to go away. Cause clearly it's like, um, he's not winning this argument. So it's not looking good for him. So he sends a cameraman away and we go off to the side and we talk. Finally, after like 20 minutes, I'm just like, you know, I actually got to go. It's been great talking with you. But before I go, it's just, I, I've i been waiting. I've been trying to figure it out. But normally I find someone who is this upset with the Catholic Church, normally there's just some kind of personal hurt there that needs to be healed. And if there's anything I can pray for, for you, it, that comes to mind, what what might that be? And he's like, oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not falling into to that trap. I'm not, no, I, I'm not getting down with you Catholics. I, I hate you Catholics. My my dad's Catholic, you know, now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he thinks he's all Catholic. He 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 walked out. He walked out on my mom and I, left us. And now he's Catholic, and he says, oh, he, he went to confession, and God forgave him, and now he can be all holy. My my dad's not forgiven. My dad's not, not going to heaven. My, my dad's going to hell for what he did to me and my mom. Like, oh, there it is. Thank God. I mean, it took 20 minutes of talking about saints and the Virgin Mary and the catechism to get to the real issue. But the whole time, I was like praying to the Holy Spirit. I didn't need more knowledge or understanding. I, I knew all the stuff. I had all the answers to his questions. What I needed was, what's the real issue? And so I prayed that the Holy Spirit would help reveal that. And I guess, I guess he probably did. And so I'm like, okay, there it is. And so I told him, like, you know, I apologized uh, and told him I was sorry for what his dad had done and, and worked all through that. And, you know, by the, by the time I'm done, you know, I'm like, all right, let me, let me just, can, can we pray? He's like, well, we, we, we can't pray together. So why don't you pray? And then I pray. And so like, all right, I'll pray first. And I, I, I pray. And by the time I'm done praying, he's just bawling. He's just crying. I'm praying for healing for his dad and everything. And, and by the time he, I'm done, he's just in tears. And I'm like, okay, do you want to pray now? He's like, well, uh, God, uh, we can't both be right, so just just help us to see who's right. Amen. I'm like, okay, we're fine. All right, I'm out. See ya. Uh, but at any rate, that's um, that's a little bit about how I, how I invoke the Holy Spirit in that case for counsel, understanding, I suppose things um, things like that. Um, yeah. So thanks for hanging with that story. Uh, it's a good thing to keep in mind whenever whenever you're debating someone or trying to answer, don't just do it on your own. Even if you know the answers, it's not about winning arguments. Uh, we want to we want to win souls back for God, and so ask the Holy Spirit's help. Whatever you do, ask the Holy Spirit's help. 
Uh, Kathy wants to know, are, am I still enjoying The Chosen? Do you think it's being led by the Holy Spirit? So I haven't seen the last two episodes. I, I got a little behind uh, with things that are, are coming. But but so far, I have to say, man, it's it's awesome. I I really, really, really like it. And I, I've been putting off watching because, you know, John the Baptist is kind of a hero. And I saw the, the previews of what they were doing where I've been waiting for the whole first season and the whole second season. I want to see John the Baptist who's that's, that's kind of me. I, I want to see John the Baptist sit down and have a conversation with Jesus because what the, the chosen is doing so well is like giving actual depth to the characters. Now, some people, you know, who are solo scriptura, Bible alone kind of people will, will balk at the idea of any kind of show about Jesus or the Bible that, you know, doesn't just read the Bible to you, basically just word for word. Um, the chosen certainly doesn't do that. However, everything that the chosen is doing uh, is in accordance with the scriptures. It, it's either directly, yes, it's right from the scriptures. This is what happened, uh, or it's what could have happened. And and I really, you know, th- there are ways in which you can fill in what could have happened and really mess it up. Think of the the nineteen seventies movie, The Last Temptation of Christ. Oh, let's fill in the gap. Mary Magdalene and Jesus must have, you know, had a romantic relationship. Uh, well, the Bible doesn't say they didn't, so we'll just fill in the gap with that. Okay, that's bad. Didn't happen. Everything that the chosen is filling in the gaps with definitely could have happened. Um, with maybe a, a few exceptions, but for the most part, like yeah, I I really enjoy um, the way that the character kind of development is going because I, I mean you got twelve apostles. It's so easy to just be focused on Jesus, and then there's these other twelve guys that have actually done a lot of work to give each one of the apostles a backstory. Uh, and and a personality really um, that 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 comes through, and so I I really enjoy that actually. So I can I can say from the episodes I've seen so far, uh, I give it the uh, Sean the Baptist approbation imprimatur, uh, at least Neil Obstadt, which means that there's nothing heretical in it. Uh, and uh, so you can you can watch it, and especially if you're Catholic, um, you know weed out anything that's maybe a little detailed, you're like, well, that might have not have happened that way. Uh, but for the most part, I think it's really good and I'm really enjoying it. And um, in fact, I might actually watch the, the next episode uh, uh, tonight when I'm, I'm done with the show. I'll get things uploaded and then I, I might check it out. Uh, so yeah, thanks for the plug for the, the Chosen there. And I, I'd mentioned it uh, previously with uh, Jesus in his little backpack. Yeah. Jesus is basically a Boy Scout. I mean... Okay, he he spent three years on a long backpacking trip with his uh, apostles. Now, apparently, they uh, every now and then would stay in a house or something like that. You know, he we know he went to Bethany and was at the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He went into the the house of Simon's mother-in-law in Capernaum and uh, things like that. But for a lot of the time, they're just they're just out backpacking, hiking around, enjoying nature. I think about how much. Uh, we really miss that uh, right now, just because we're we're always inside, or we're you know driving somewhere. You want to go somewhere in the time of Jesus, you're going to backpack, you know, and you're probably not taking much with you because you really didn't need a whole lot. And we'll talk a little bit about that next week when I talk about Philmont and experiences I had there. But you just don't need a whole lot. Um, speaking of the Holy Land, I'm noticing over my shoulder there that's. Uh, it's me by the Jordan River. So speaking of Sean the Baptist, that's the Jordan River, and that is Sean the Baptist right there. And that's a statue of Jesus and John. So how about that? There you go. Little little trivia in the background. How about that? Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about uh, Jesus and the apostles and their experience, I guess, of just being on the road. And uh, they make camp. I, I like that. And like, okay, what would it look like? Uh, and so the chosen kind of fills in the gaps there a little bit for you, not even just on personalities, but like, okay, Jesus and the apostles and some of the women, it says, went with them. What did that look like? It, it looked like a big camping expedition. Um, and so they got to they gotta carry their stuff around. And how are they going to, I was curious, like, how are they going to make camp? How are they going to cook their food? It doesn't say in the scripture. So somebody, if you're going to do a show, most of the time, the shows just gloss over this and like, we don't know. Uh, we'll show them getting someplace and we'll show them leaving someplace. But 
I love it. The last episode I watched, which was um, three, I guess they're they're sitting around the campfire. It's exactly what you do at night. It's what everybody used to do until we had TV. Uh, even when we had houses and you know TV, what does the family do? You gather around the, the fire at night because that's that's where the heat's at. Um, so Jesus and the apostles, they, they sit around a campfire at night. They're, they're total Boy Scouts. I I love that. And then they got to break camp and, you know, and who's going to carry what gear and who's carrying more. And um, so, yeah, the Chosen fills in little details that you might not think of and that uh, I really appreciate. So uh, we, we got just a couple minutes left if you want. Like I said, I'm looking at uh, uh, probably, you know, bringing other people on to uh, to interview because an hour of just me talking, I know, is a lot. Or, or maybe maybe we just do a half hour. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I'll put a plug in for the morning message. So lots of people are actually picking up the morning message. So maybe five minutes of Sean the Baptist is really all you need. Uh, I started the show thing when uh, COVID was here, and this was the only contact we had. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe I don't need to keep going with an hour-long show. Maybe a five-minute morning message every day is all I need. Um, and then I do special shows. I don't know. Uh, I want your feedback. Let me know what you'd like to see. Any guests you'd like to see on uh, Sean the Baptist Live, um, I'd be happy to bring some guests on, uh, either in person here in the studio, or uh, obviously Zoom is the the thing that we're all kind of set up on now. So uh, I did an interview on Zoom with Harrison Butker on one of the the early ones, the Chiefs place kicker is a friend. Uh, so I am capable of doing interviews. So who would you like to see? And I'll, I'll bring on some guests and uh, do that and then... Do check out the morning message, and of course, the uh, the homily is really the podcast that started it all. So every day, I'm pretty good about getting it out like on Sundays now. I normally I finish the homily and I come up and I upload it and do it. But uh, check out SeanTheBaptist.org for all that. There's a link for podcasts, so you can just click on that and you can subscribe to all three of them. And there are multiple options whether you're an Apple or an Android or even if you just want it emailed to you, uh, you can do that. And of course, for the live stuff. Live is on Facebook once a week. I do that live. And then it all gets uploaded to YouTube. So if you haven't checked out my YouTube channel, feel free to go do that. It's got all the Sean the Baptist stuff as well as like KU band marching videos from back in my days marching at KU. Um, and then, of course, I, I post some things on Facebook that are, you know, not on the, the website and things like, uh, you know, little reflections, things like that where I might be. So SeanTheBaptist.org for all the information. Uh, if you still do web pages, check that out. If not, at least it's a jumping off place to see all the stuff. Oh, Larry, Larry Weatherly is on. Shout out to Larry. Good, good to have you on, Larry. Uh, and to all the other regulars who have, have joined uh, a small but mighty group tonight. We retained pretty much everybody who got on. So there weren't a whole lot of people who showed up and left. So good for you for sticking it out, you guys that, that hung on the whole time. I hope you enjoyed that little camping story. Every now and then I, you know, maybe not talk so much theology. It's just people like to get to know their, their priest a little bit, that we're human, we do human things. So I went backpacking and I wanted to tell people about it. So I told you about it. And now it's forever on the internet. So I hope you uh, uh, enjoyed that, that little tidbit of my camping tonight. I hope to do some more of that. If you've got places that you know are good to go backpacking, let me know about that because I like Googled Top places to backpack in Kansas? No, that that was a disaster. And next to that was like top top ten waterfalls in Kansas. I'm like, wow, okay, I like waterfalls. I really like water. You know, that's why I went to Clinton Lake. I wanted to hear water. Well, one of them on the I zoomed that the map was all of Kansas, and one of them was Kansas City area. So I'm zooming in. I'm zooming in. I'm like, oh no, it can't be. It was. It's it's Little Angel Falls in my hometown of Lansing, out by St. Francis de Sales Church. This is a to call it a waterfall is a stretch. It is a two-foot drop in a muddy creek that sometimes has water, but it's the number six waterfall in Kansas. So slim pickings here is what I'm saying, folks. So if you got a backpacking place, you got a good place where it would be good to camp, let me know. Uh, next week, 6.30 live, we're going to talk about Philmont because I am headed to Philmont the end of next week. So one more Sean the Baptist live show at the normal time, and, and then I'll be off at Philmont, and be sure to follow the Sean the Baptist page on Facebook so you get all the updates. Until next week, I'm Father Sean Tunick, Sean the Baptist. This has been a little back-in-the-pack episode as I went backpacking just like Jesus. 
God bless you. Until next week.